On this week's episode, we get a peek at what's to come for Miss Marvel. What will Amazon do with MGM? And is it time to stop sharing your Netflix password? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, Vampires, and B-Tay. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, ohalo, or do whatever you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos because we are the number one, not the number two, not the number three, not the number four, but we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook where we have dozens of games every single month that you can catch on video, including Vampires and Vitae, The Demolition Force, The Great Stuff that our good friend Mitch does every single weekend, and more. You can catch it out there at Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, we are the place to go for the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day. Right there, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, if you can support all that, popculturecosmos.com and all the great things that we do. It is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She has endured my craziness for the past <laughs> couple of weeks. And she's also the mastermind, along with her husband, Robbie Ross, of Vampires and Vitae. You got to check out what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you want to catch the video version, you can catch it at Vampires and Vitae and Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my good friend. It is Miss Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back. Still don't know how you tolerate me, but I'm just... I mean, it's challenging just, sometimes, Gerald, but... I know, right? But I am just so happy to have you here, nonetheless. <laughs> happy to be here, buddy. Happy to be here. Wait, wait, oh, what was that sound I hear? Almost smells like smoke. Like a, like a fire. Oh, like no. a dumpster fire. You know what I think that is? Not the last episode of Vampires of Vitae. No, no, no. That was actually good. That's actually a good dumpster fire. No, no, no. This is my annual dumpster fire known as my NCAA March Madness tournament bracket burning up in flames. Is it already gone? It's already gone, and it's not even the first day has done yet. So that's how oh, scary it is. Bro, yes. I should have done one. I could have done better. Yes. You picking randomly... Could have done better. 
the people out there that are just picking by animals or mascots could have done better. That's, that's who wins so games, mascots, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's scary. And all the people in Las Vegas right here in our beautiful city that we're in, they're tearing up tickets and screaming as far as the upsets are concerned. So although maybe there are some out there that got some big money on some upsets, but yeah. my gosh, if you are trying to pick a winner all the way this year, it's going to be very difficult indeed. <sighs> oh, well, better luck next year, I guess. It'll be okay. Yes. Well, I usually do the David Caruso with a walking away from a car blowing up. That's what I usually, but I thought, you know what, let's stick to the dumpster fire instead this year. Yeah. Dumpster fire is very visceral. You immediately understand what's happening and none of it is good. So yes. Yeah. And none of it is good indeed, but <laughs> we do have something that's good. And that's for today's program because we got a lot of good stuff to talk about, including Amazon finally closing out its $8.5 billion deal for MGM. We're going to talk about some of the IPs that they got in. Obviously, the big ticket there is James Bond, but comparing it to some other big name purchases, we're going to talk about, is this a bargain or is this something that's going to be very hard for Amazon to go ahead and get a profit on? We'll be talking about that on the back end of the show. We'll talk about, for all you Harry Potter fans, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, because that gave us a 15-minute look earlier today. And we'll talk about if this game coming out in holiday 2022 is going to be right for you as a Harry Potter fan. Plus, a little tidbit I heard from Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll talk about that, about his possible future or not possible future going forward. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Plus, State of Play, which Hogwarts Legacy was. We're going to talk about the recent ID at Xbox versus the state of plays that have happened over the past couple of weeks. We'll talk about this PlayStation versus Xbox battle. What cool games have come out from each? And this is something really worth your time to go out of your way and watch. We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, you talked about it. You already commented on it on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. And that is the Ms. Marvel trailer. Yes. Which came out earlier this week. The series on Disney Plus after what we're going to be seeing with Moon Knight. Then we're going to be seeing Kenobi. There is going to be a period of time when Kenobi and Ms. Marvel overlap. One running concurrently with the other in the same week. Right. Which I think ultimately Disney Plus, if it wants to get to that plateau it needs to get to or it wants to get to, needs to do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, that would be awesome to have a Marvel show on a Tuesday and a Star Wars show on a Thursday or vice versa or yeah. whatever. You know, how it's two days a week, you could actually know you have to be watching Disney Plus. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts. Ms. Marvel, it debuted, shows what's going on with the New Jersey 13-year-old young lady who gains access to some powers. Maybe it's through the Cree armbands or kind of vague on how she gets the powers yet. You obviously have to watch the TV series and, and find out exactly how it is. It looks like it's going to be different from what her comic book origin on her powers, you know, how she got them. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Not only the fact of how does it look to you, because you already commented on it, yes. like I said, but also as well, I want you to comment on the very brilliant strategy that Disney has in the same week debuting a fantastic movie, Turning Red, targeted at 
young teen ladies. Yes. And now a TV show from the Marvel group doing that same thing as well. You know, that might have been... Wow, you almost want to say that it's a little bit too good to not be coincidental. I mean, was somebody had that much forethought? Did somebody really like plan to make that happen on purpose? Is that really well? This is something happened? I've talked about with Josh about you know for a yeah. while when it comes to Star Wars and Marvel. It's it's long term planning. I yes. mean, they've got us hooked. Yes, you at the age of eighteen and me at the age of five hundred, <laughs> and, and they've got our age groups down already. Right. It's getting that base, yes. young base, going forward so that they will become the next hardcore fans. And it's not just boys or guys that they're going after. They're going after a group and a target base that has really never been approached in this fashion before in pop culture outside of the BTSs and the K-pops and the things of that nature. They're yeah. starting to understand with the huge success of K-pop and – let me just give you an example of that the BTS movie that came out in limited release and that live release to certain theaters across the world. Yes. That sold out everywhere and did a huge amount of business for BTS. Seeing that kind of power, that spending power and that viewing power that they have, seeing that age group of young ladies that will hopefully be entertained by your product going forward. I think it's beautiful what Disney Plus is doing. I really think it hits a target market that really very few entities have ever tried to reach. Well, I think that they've been trying to reach them for a minute, but the thing about that particular age group having- But with what? I mean, are we talking about the same cartoons, the same animated features, the same stories? It doesn't matter if you're talking music. It doesn't matter if you're talking- Makeup, you know, my last My Little Pony, whatever the case is, whatever it is that you're trying to market towards them, you really need to be smart about it because there is nothing that I can think of that is more fickle than a 13-year-old girl. And I agree. I believe right? me, as one who has a 14 and 16-year-old, yeah, I know this all too well. Yeah, but so I'm just you, saying it's so smart of them to go for this market. Exa- oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying that like, like once you have them hooked – you can't let off the gas. It's not time to relax after that. Once you have them hooked, it's almost like when musicians, coming from my radio background, when musicians release their debut single, the smart people release the second best song on the album first. Because mm-hmm. you want to release that first record, you want it to enjoy a bit of success, and then you want to hit them with the big one that's going to push it over the top and it's going to get everybody to go out and buy the album, right? Absolutely. So I think that this is kind of a little bit of what we're starting to see when they're coming after that particular demographic. They're hooking them with these movies and this new TV show that's coming out, and it's going to be successful, absolutely. Because who doesn't like to see themselves represented in a TV show? But it's going to be what's coming after that. What's the next thing after Turning Red? What's the next thing after Miss Marvel? And is that going to be enough to keep that very fickle, very small demographic happy. That's all that I'm saying about it. I'm thrilled that it's happening. I couldn't be more happy, but they have got to be careful with how they approach it. And But this the thing is they're doing this in a different fashion, which I love so well. Yes, there's, again, there, you could tell me Netflix has done the great thing with, you know, the series that they had to all the boys love before starring Lana Condor. That was a huge success. Massive. And those type of movies, those type of series have always done well with the young ladies in that age bracket. 
But to do something different, like create a whole animated feature that's targeting that audience. Yes. Not just a, a, a movie that, how should I say, is playing to a younger audience than the teenagers, but not playing to an audience that's older than the teenagers. Playing an audience that's directly aimed at those teenagers, like Turning Red, was was brilliant. And on top of that, a Marvel series devoted to that young group right there with Kamala Khan. She's a Muslim superhero for the first time that we're seeing. It shows not only what her daily life is, but again, how she gets those powers. It's a really good, strong look. And I really hope that people get a chance, if they haven't already, to see it. And the link is available on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. But the fact that they're developing a Marvel series that's targeting that young female audience is absolutely brilliant move. As we head into a possible Young Avengers, I mean, it's very much of a smokescreen that we're all seeing right now that Disney wants to do and Marvel wants to do a Young Avengers at some point in time down the road because they wouldn't have all these origin stories for these young superheroes unless they were having an endgame with it. And I'm not talking about Avengers Endgame. I'm talking about a Young Avengers. So I absolutely think that Disney is is just seeing this marketplace for what it is. And, you know, with pop culture in the past, it's always target the boys, target the young guys, target the boys so that as they grow up into men, they'll always support us. They're saying that, you know, we've got their attention. Yes. We need to get the attention of the ladies as well and give them the attention that they rightfully deserve all this time and that they're targeting them. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we see something from Star Wars that fits more into that team. Daisy Ridley, I think, was that kind of that reach out per yes. se. As yeah. and, it, and it worked. Look at how many little girls were dressed up for Halloween that year. Yeah. That, so- at least that first year when Star Wars The Force Awakens reached $2 billion. They just were not able to sustain it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But I have a feeling that eventually they will go back to it. And my gosh, who doesn't love Baby Grogu? And that's catering to all different yes. various ages. But with what we're seeing with Miss Marvel, with what we're seeing with Turning Red, it was just truly outstanding. But before we head to the break, I want you to go ahead and share all your thoughts that you can on Miss Marvel, your thoughts on this trailer and what you're expecting or hoping from the series going forward when it comes out later this year. Absolutely. So, you know, shame on me for not shame on you. I know shame on me for not keeping up with the comic series because Mm -hmm. the comics are really good. If you have, you know, somebody in that age group in your life, go and get a couple of editions of the comic and give that to them and, you know, see if you get any kind of reaction from it. I'm willing to bet that you probably will because it's, it's a really well done comic. I really enjoyed it fell off because I was following the wicked and the divine a lot closer and they had like three alternate covers every release. So it, <laughs> release day got quite expensive in my house, but anyway, I would imagine. yeah. So yes, I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled and I'm very, very happy that, you know, these young girls who are coming up in a arguably, and I feel like every generation says it arguably a bit more of a complicated time than what we came up through, like the with all of the social media and and you know the the cyberbullying and and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's time to heap loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of positive people who represent them on screens and yeah. let them see them and let them see that and let them take that and and really own being a fan of this kind of media. And I'm just I'm, I'm so thrilled and I'm so envious. Were there up- any parts of it that you really liked? Because it shows her high school life. It shows her partying. shows her having a crush. 
shows yeah. gaining this power yeah that ultimately could be very beneficial again it is differing from what you understand and what have come to know for anyone out there from the comic book yeah i think in this case it's a good move because of the fact that they're trying to approach in a different fashion as she was just a normal kid who right. through some circumstance gains the power that gives her ultimately what she can do to become a superhero I think, again, it, it has to do a lot with the Cree. I think they're Cree wristbands that she finds or acquires at some point in time in the series that is shown off in the trailer that really is the source of what she's capable of. But, uh, of course, they'll detail it more in the series. But, yeah, I am looking forward to this. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. You obviously have already just reaped some very high praise on it already. Yeah. And, again, the smart targeting by Disney and Marvel for doing this to a demographic of potential fans. We see in the trailer that Kamala Khan, before she gains these powers, is this Avengers super fan. She's wearing the t-shirt of the different female Avengers, which was really cool. Everybody was teasing her on bullying or whatnot. Now these days, if you went to high school, you have that. Everybody thinks you're cool and that they have no problem with it. So it's kind of funny how that is, but just seeing her in that environment and seeing her with all the Avengers stuff going on, I'm seeing right now, or I'm going to sense right now that a lot of other young ladies her age are going to be wearing or going to be free to wear whatever Avengers merchandise they feel like going forward. And I think that's a good thing, for, obviously, for Marvel and Disney. Back up the brain struck. Yeah, not so good for mom and dad's paycheck. No, no. Yeah. But I think it was a very wise decision. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know you are, too. It is coming out June 8th to Disney Plus, so it will overlap Kenobi. So it will be something that would be great because you'll have Kenobi, Ms. Marvel. At least for a couple of weeks, you'll have Kenobi and Ms. Marvel. So that's yeah. something definitely to look forward to. That's the way you do it, Disney. That's the way. <laughs> no more of this six-week-long black hole. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this is the way to throw in that Mandalorian thing out there while she's ready to spit up her tea right there. But once again, it is Miss Marvel. The trailer is available on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But what are your thoughts on Miss Marvel? Please let us know. Are you excited to go ahead and see this upcoming series based off of this brave young lady who acquires these strange powers that's going to be available starting June the 8th on Disney Plus? Please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? It's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you... Well, here, you're going to need these two. Dice? You've just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's Nosferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, there's still more to talk about on today's program. Wanted to ask your thoughts on this. PlayStation versus Xbox. Yet again, but in a different fashion. And the reason why uh-huh. I say that, well, in the past couple of weeks, PlayStation has not only had one, but two state of plays. 
The second state of play, which dropped earlier today, was basically a 15-minute long commercial for Hogwarts Legacy, which is coming up at the end of this year, holiday season, 2022. We'll talk about that here in a minute. ID at Xbox and the state of play that took place last week and the ID at Xbox that took place this week, they were showcases for some upcoming games, DLC, smaller stuff from both of these companies that are coming via third party or independent studios. Sometimes they're DLC, like Returnal has a nice co-op DLC for those that are waiting for it on the PS5. There's also some stuff that are coming out for ID at Xbox as far as some really cool independent games. Just really kind of interesting stuff going there. They did get a show off Tunic, which to me right now is going to be a really cool game to follow, especially if you're into Zelda games. This is a very upfront Zelda clone. And it is really getting some high scores. So people need to take note of Tunic available right now as we speak. It just came out. So it's on the Xbox One and also the Xbox X and S. So please check out that. There were some other great things at the PlayStation event, the state of play that I want to ask you on as a PlayStation owner. Yes. TMNT, the Cowabunga collection that's coming out sometime this year. That's going to showcase some stuff as far as old games from the past spruced up into a new fashion even one from the original game boy itself wow that's that's how far back they're going so Mm. your thoughts on the tmnt game the cowabunga collection that is coming to playstation your thoughts on it when it comes out sometime later this year i kind of a long time ago Mm -hmm. about six months ago i lost interest in the teenage mutant ninja turtles i don't want to say it was a long time ago it was about i was gonna say that's a long time ago (laughs) but yeah no this is one that that's gonna be probably be i'm gonna use the word hard pass here but i can't see myself picking it up okay to be completely honest you know the teenage mutant ninja turtles are great i'm not that kind of a video game player well, it's a it's a beat 'em up type game. That's those are usually the styles for the yeah. TMNT. Usually, are usually sure. multiplayers. A lot of times, couch co op, multiplayer beat 'em up. So, yeah. for people that are interested in that mix, I think a lot of people will be going ahead and venturing into it, or at least giving a try as this collection of games from the past in a new spruced up way comes to the PlayStation. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R was also something that was intriguing to me from the PlayStation State of Play last week. The reason why, yeah, because it was a nice, different style of fighting game, cel-shaded action, really intriguing. There's not enough fighting games that are out there. And I know PlayStation now owns the Evo Sports Tournament, which happens to take place here in Las Vegas. Just happens. Every year. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. So no Nintendo, no Super Smash Brothers, no Xbox, no Killer Instinct there. It'll be all PlayStation-related stuff as far as fighting games are concerned. But this is something I think people need to go ahead and take a look at because I think it's got a different style. And in a year that may not have that many entries in the fighting game, right? this could be something that's really worth, worth looking into. Again, Returnal is going to have a free update that's going to give you the chance and opportunity to go ahead through co-op. I want to go ahead and talk about Ghostwire Tokyo, which is coming out very soon. Again, this is a PlayStation exclusive. It's a timed exclusive that I spoke about with TJ Johnson last month in regards to what if Tokyo had gotten 
taken over by some evil force and all of its inhabitants were transformed into these weird creatures and you have to battle all of them in order to go ahead and try and do whatever you can to save them ultimately and try and undo what has been done. I think that's something that, again, they're pointing towards to as a nice exclusive from the folks at Bethesda which we now know is an Xbox company now, but Mm -hmm. this was done under the agreement that it's got to be a PlayStation exclusive for now. So I think that's something people need to look at. But the last thing I want to touch on was showcased at PlayStation state of play Uh and the next week at ID at Xbox. And that was Trek to Yomi. Okay. This is something from Devolver Digital that could be, be one of their best games ever. I mean, if you were into Ghost of Tsushima and it, it has that type of feel as far as the samurais and that old feel of like those old samurai movies from the past, that black and white feel. Right. Because it is actually a black and white video game. Oh, wow. That's interesting. With interesting. the whole film grain and the whole nine yards. Oh, it wow. Is- and it was showcased, like I said, at both the State of Play and the ID at Xbox. And I hope people get a chance to look at this. It is not quite as, as large or in-depth or even the modeling done in such a superior fashion like Ghost of Tsushima, which won a tremendous amount of praise and awards when it came out. This is something that's done by a smaller studio. It's more of a linear 2D type of game. But the look and the feel of it and the cutscenes are truly outstanding. And again, it's done in a old 1950s Akira Kurosawa type deal as far as the whole black and white imaging. I thought it's great. And, and we don't get enough games that are done in black and white. I think it's a really novel idea. I think people should check it out. Yeah, it's definitely one that's going to help them stand out from the crowd of, you know, the thousands of video games that are out there. So that's, that's really cool. That's really interesting. I, I hope the game does well. I hope they get rewarded for thinking outside of the box, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah. with ID at Xbox, again, that was showcased on both. With ID at Xbox, I also want to go ahead and mention that they did talk about some other smaller games, including, like I said, Tunic, which is available now, which I think people really need to get into, especially if they're into Zelda games. WrestleQuest, which still doesn't have a release date, They showcased it at this event. It's so funny because it does feature some stars or likenesses of some stars like Jake the Snake Roberts, Randy Savage, and also as well Andre the Giant. But it's done in a, uh, how should I say, it's done in an 8-bit fashion with an 8-bit look. But it's also the way you play it is done like a Final Fantasy type format which your battles in the ring are done in a manner similar to what you were playing like as far as a strategy game, as far as a a real-time strategy game, as far as the way, yeah. So it's it's really interesting the way that they threw this out as far as your matches are concerned. It's also got part simulator where you're going ahead and targeting your career and where you want to go and who you want to face, but yeah, oh, okay. it's all... so that's like when you play the NHL games and you can start like in the, you know, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in Canada. And then you can follow your progression to getting yourself into the NHL. That's correct. But when you get into the ring, yeah, it's done in a format similar to the way you would have it set up as a Final Fantasy. 
where it's you got let's say one two or three characters on one side you've got one two or three characters on the other side of the ring and you're just waiting for your turn real-time strategy so you got to make the right roll there's enough hit points taken off the guy vice versa until you get to the point where you could do a special move and things of that nature so it's very interesting until you get to the point where you either get pinned or you make the pin for the victory so it's very interesting to see how they set this up Hmm. it again is done by a smaller studio so they don't get the luxury of making it like the wwe 2k22 which just came out with all the bells and whistles they obviously had to go ahead and be inventive and be creative and i think they did just that yeah look what happens when you don't have all of the money in the world to put to put into a game you know you you have to think outside of the box and rework some strategies and, and, you know, cherry pick from some of your favorite games and try to make that work for the game you're designing. I think that's great. Good for them. But it's interesting the way that they approach both of these companies in PlayStation and Microsoft, they approach these state of plays, these ID at Xbox events, these basically their own little mini E3 presentations during the course of the year. Right. When it comes to ID at Xbox, it's always talking about, or almost always talking about, smaller games, independent games that they have agreements with. These games that are have maybe a little bit more outside the box. I mean, there's Curse to Golf, where you're trapped in a golf purgatory with power-ups. It's almost done like a 2D type format, but you're dealing with a lot of golf elements. And this really kind of, a, again, like WrestleQuest, really outside the box in the way that you want to go ahead and play it. That to me is kind of cool because of the fact that again, it's outside the box. They're mostly independent games with state of play. It's more familiar. It's more larger entities, third party agreements with larger name companies for the most part. A lot of them Japanese based games that you're already familiar with that are coming out with DLCs larger entities so it's it's interesting to see the approach that these two have with these type of events yeah it's really neat i'm always interested in what the big guys are up to but those two games that you mentioned are great examples of the innovation that can come from some of the smaller companies so slide them some bucks would you slide them some bucks indeed slide them some bucks <laughs> i don't want to be cursed to golf while i'm going on a wrestle quest i'll just say that <laughs> fair enough but if you have thoughts on the most recent state of place and the ID at Xbox event on which games you're thinking about buying, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Give us a shout out at PopCultureCosmos or Vampires and Vitae. Because Melinda sees all when it comes to Vampires and Vitae. So give her a shout yeah. out as well. Yeah. When we return. We're going to be talking about a lot more things on the back end of the show, including Amazon, Hogwarts Legacy, and I see you, Melinda, sharing that Netflix password. Can't do that anymore. (laughs) And we'll tell you why at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV. Canada. And we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. It's Miss Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford. 
Just want to let you know, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. You got to check out all the great videos. And there are a lot of great videos. Facebook <laughs> has not taken all of them out yet. Yeah, took not years yet. Years of them. They, mm. they, I, that was a dark day where they took out like three years of videos. Yeah. Right. Of all my work. <laughs> yes. Well, I only have some on my hard drive. I only got about 100 of them. Oh, but dear. You, you know what? There's still a lot more there. There's still over a hundred there that they didn't take down. So fair enough. Yeah, and it's not because of content; it's just because I was filling up so much of their hard drive space. So that's all the reason why. But if you want to check out hundreds and hundreds of hours still available to you, you could go ahead and check out the videos page at Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. There's so much more to talk about on today's program. I wanted to ask you this first off. Okay. Speaking of state of play, like we just talked about before the half hour break. Yeah. State of Play just dropped today a full 15-minute presentation, commercial, advertisement, pre-order, interest thing, whatever yeah. you want to say. Hype video. Yeah. Yeah, hype video is probably the best thing. Okay. For Hogwarts Legacy coming yes. out in the holiday season 2022, which means they actually still don't have a clue yet on when they want to release it during the holiday. But right. they showcased it, and it shows about the customization of your character you do go to Hogwarts. You do become part of one of the cl different classes you can choose. If you want to be a Slytherin or if you want to be any one of the other. Wait, you can choose? You don't just you choose, choose your house. You either are or you are not. I think you can choose. It's the way they were phrasing it. Your character should have to sit down in the chair and sit under the sword. You know, that's hat. probably what you, the decisions you make. Yeah. As you're customizing your character or when you initially go through the initiation of it. Yeah. You'll ultimately decide which house you're going. That's probably See, how they do it. Yeah, so in a way you choose. Yeah. By your decisions. Right. But in a way you don't choose. But you know. <laughs> but that, you Sorry, get to be Jennifer. in one of the four different <laughs> classes. By the way, um, which house is your house? Yes. Which house is my house? Yeah. Which, which who do you belong to? Well, uh, you're talking to the in one individual in the Glassford household that is not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I would say it's Slytherin. Really? Yeah. Which huh. one? Which one you are? I am a Hufflepuff. I like Hufflepuff too. <laughs> Slytherin's kind of evilish, kind of. Eh, I, you know what? I feel like when I when I'm in a kind of weird mood or kind of you know mood that I guess like a little mischievous, maybe Slytherin. But you know what? For the most part, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I think I'll go with Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'm Hufflepuff. Yeah, okay. me, me and the Rock, both Hufflepuff. Who will doubt the Rock? So you know what? Okay, I'm a latecomer to the Hufflepuff. <laughs> Welcome in, friend. Welcome there in. There you go. There you go. Got to go get me some Hufflepuff socks. But I will say that it showcased, again, after you pick and select which house you're going to be part of, it does show you as far as you learning the magical arts, you learning how to use your wand. And then, of course, it tells you the mysteries of of what evil force is bringing out the dark side of, of whatever magic that has laid dormant for so many years as you start to go ahead and investigate it and see what's going on throughout the, the Hogwarts castle. Plus also when you venture outside of the Hogwarts castle and go, whether it's either down in, in some caves or out in the open, of course you're going to venture and, and face off against some evil monsters, which you have right. to go ahead and, and try to ensnare or capture or destroy based off your, your wand skills. And right. it showed the combat, which was 
about as well as you can expect. I mean, this is nothing that's going to be grandiose compared to some other games because you are just, in essence, waving a wand. Right. And magic is coming out of it, of course, and whatnot. But it shows, it encompasses that as far as the full lifestyle of you growing up as a, a young individual in this house and then growing up in, as a young individual and developing into a full-blown wizard in Hogwarts. You know, it's going to be an adventure that I think a lot of Harry Potter fans will like to make. Is this an adventure that you might be making when it comes out this holiday? I, I'm going to put this on my maybe list because, yeah, I know which house I belong to, but I'm not a super huge Harry Potter fan. To be uh, honest but- with you, it looks kind of like in the same fashion or the same level of polish and the same level of look and maybe experience that I would be seeing from Star Trek Resurgence, which just came out last week okay. as far as some videos that were there. It's like, it looks like a okay right. video game, but it's not going to be at a level which is going to knock your socks off. But it's got that IP that's really got you interested. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see if any of the controversy from J.K. Rowling is going to affect sales of the video game at all. But it'll just be interesting to see if, you know, Harry Potter fans will decide to look past that to get a hold of a video game or... Thanks for those developers that work so hard on a game like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think ultimately that there will be enough people that will be interested in it. But again, it could be a same situation that we're seeing with other Harry Potter related things that are going on that we're not sure if people are going to follow because, like you said, that controversy that follows it. Got a movie coming out in the Harry Potter realm. We're not sure that is going to be accepted by the fans out there because look what happened to previous. Right. Harry Potter related movie that came out and that bombed. I don't want to say it bombed, but it underperformed. I think was probably the best way to say it. It really wasn't a very good movie. And yeah, underperformed, I think, is a, a little it's a it's a friendlier way to put it. Yeah, it's a friendlier way to put it. So we'll yeah. see what happens with Hogwarts Legacy. But the thing I wanted to go ahead and hit you up with this before we head to another subject, and that is with Hogwarts and Harry Potter and all the stuff going on. There was an interview just took place with Daniel Radcliffe, who is okay. Harry Potter himself, as everyone yes. knows out there. The thing that is on everybody's minds is with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is the play that J.K. Rowling's had some influence in as far as uh, this part where it's Harry Potter and the whole nine yards coming out of retirement, per se, to battle evil forces once again. I still like the concept of him hopping out of the minivan with the wand. and Absolutely. If I was Chris Columbus making that movie, I would have him just like hopping out of the minivan after soccer practice, ready to go ahead and whip out the wand and destroy you. Yes. Either, either that. Like, or, practice is at seven. Yeah. Either that or like out of a Tesla or a, one of those little tiny Chevy Volts or. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, something yes. like that. That would be great. Zero emissions. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Very responsible Harry Potter. (laughs) Absolutely. Coming out of there, ready to go ahead and do battle. But all jokes aside, I really think that would be still a good concept that I think even with the J.K. Rowling's controversy aside, I still think that is the real big ticket for Warner Brothers yet to come. But he just made comments stating that he is not interested in doing it now. 
but he said, never say never. Right. Yeah. Is that code for what we say here on the show? Back up the Brinks truck. You know what? It really could be. It really could be. Oh, what's that sound? I I think it's the Brinks truck backing up right now as we speak. Yeah. To Daniel Radcliffe's house. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, Emma Watson. Yeah, there you go. Backing up to her house, too. There just might be enough money in the back of that Brinks truck to bring the movie, you know, five years quicker than Mr. Radcliffe expected. I think right now, even as someone who, again, who is not a hardcore Harry Potter fan, but has watched all the movies. Yep. Or been encouraged by a family to watch all the movies <laughs> and gone to the universal studios on both coasts here in the united states and did the yep. whole thing i've been to it enjoyed the experience my my family absolutely loves it i'm just thinking that that if we see the signs that with the upcoming movie uh, how should i say this uh, properly with the upcoming movie that's that's fantastic beasts and the secrets of dumbledore if that comes out and does at or same level of disappointment as the previous fantastic beasts then i think warner brothers is going to get a little nervous because there's still more fantastic beasts supposedly still left to come there's still like two or three more that they still have to do in the series I think ultimately it, the the signs are going to have to point to if they want to make the Harry Potter legend strong again, they're going to have to right. do something in the realm of the Cursed Child and make that into a two or three movie set and bring Daniel Radcliffe back once again. Yeah, I agree. I, I think with without having Harry as that center point, there's not really a, a body to kind of rally around, really. Yeah, for fans. I and think he he and Emma are the only things that could overcome J.K. Rowling. Yeah, agreed. When you have the Fantastic Beasts, when you have Hogwarts Legacy, they'll all do levels of okay. I think right. going forward, but I really don't think you are going to see a surge in popularity in Harry Potter until you get a live action Cursed Child onto the screen. And I think that's just me saying it. I'm just seeing that I. I'm seeing this from an outsider's perspective, per se, because I see what the interest could be. I know there's a lot of pushback because of what J.K. Rowling has said in the past and continues to say. I just think at this point that if there's anything that would overcome that, that the people would be drawn into, I think it would be A Cursed Child with Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson coming back for one last go around or like a trilogy or something like that. Yeah, just don't make us as, wait as long as Patrick Stewart made us wait for more Picard. He said never say never. It's true, but, you know, 40 years from now, I don't know that I'm going to want to see more Harry Potter. Well, he's got to have some gray. Or that's the I, thing. Oh, my God. I'm sorry that anybody had to sit through that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Better than mine, old man. You know, what can I say? Oh, I'm getting old there myself. You know? But... It is right now getting back to Hogwarts Legacy. Yes. It looks good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But I get the same vibes that I got last week with Star Trek Resurgence, and that it's a game that's more trying to have you bank on its IP than the actual substance of, of its yeah. game itself. Yeah. So just you know, I'm just kind of getting those vibes, but we'll wait and see. But if you want to check out Hogwarts Legacy, the actual video itself is available now on Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source on Facebook. And the game will be out later this year during the holiday 
of 2022. Hopefully. You know, these days with video games getting delayed all the time, you never know. But True story. If, yeah, exactly. But if you're interested in Hogwarts Legacy or if you are interested in or sharing your thoughts on the future of Harry Potter and what could really connect audiences once again with the legacy of Harry Potter, are you thinking that Melinda and I are right about the only thing that might work is a return by Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson? Or do you think that there is something that they could reach into that would go ahead and get everybody excited about Harry Potter once again? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, DMZ. DMZ, which just dropped on HBO and HBO Max, I wasn't really going to pay attention too much to this one with Rosario Dawson and Benjamin Bratt. It got mediocre reviews right now. I think it's sitting around around a 50 on Metacritic, which is not too great. But the reason why I wanted to put it in here before we head on out was that it's a neo-apocalyptic near future where right. civil war happens and people put on different sides and what area that they have that they call the DMZ, the demilitarized zone that you have to deal with. But this is based off of a comic from all places, DC, which totally threw me for a loop. So your thoughts on possibly checking out a series based off a comic book, which we see a lot these days. A lot of these series are based off of comic books because they found a lot of material now based off of comic books and right, graphic yeah. novels. But seeing something like this in DMZ. Yeah, Rosario Dawson is attached to the project. I have yes. all the time in the world to watch her do her thing on the screen. I think that she's fantastic. I have enjoyed the majority of the projects that she has chosen to be part of and definitely give this one the the four-episode trial. We'll see yes. how it goes. We all know here about the four-episode trial that Melinda has. So. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on that, Melinda, though. When you check out DMZ, I've got so much on my plate trying to watch right now with Severance, both Star Treks, uh, trying to see what's going on with Disney Plus. And oh, oh my gosh. I don't know if I can handle another show. You have to watch Winning Time time on HBO. I will try to check. I will try. I will try to give it a a view. How do you make it through a day? Yes. How do I make it through a day? (laughs) But my weekends are all tied up with all these shows. But I will say that if you get a chance, please check out DMC. And if you do, like Melinda, please share your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. A couple last things before we head on out. Amazon spent $8.5 billion, just got approved, $8.5 billion purchase of MGM. Not the lion per se, because like we said, we've already theorized that the lion's probably dead. But the IPs that are under the MGM banner Obviously, the main one, 
the main one that they want us to, you know, to get is the yeah. James Bond IP, which we've already talked about on the show previously, but we'll talk about it again. Rocky is also another one, which, okay. I mean, if you're not counting the Creed movies, I'm not sure how much more you're going to be able to ring out of Rocky at this point. Right. Uh, I mean, there's there's other IPs there as well, and I'm going to look it up while we're going and we're talking about it, but I mean, when you hear this and that a future for James Bond will be related to Amazon, what does that make you think when you hear about that? It tells me that I'm probably going to be able to watch all of the movies eventually on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, it tells me that anything that is going to breathe a bit of extra life into Bond is something that I always kind of welcome. Okay. Ooh, they have the Legally Blonde stuff too. Maybe we're going to see some more Legally Blonde movies. I think that would be a good way to go. I think that's a IP that you could find new life for. Yeah. I think Reese Witherspoon could or would or probably she would probably be delighted to get back into it. I think it's yeah. something that she could probably find a reason to get back into it. Yeah. So that's something. Ooh, they uh, also have the G.I. Joe movies, though. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the older G.I. Joe movies. And the thing yeah. is, I say, say that is because that Hasbro. I believe has the film rights to its own properties now these days. Oh, they, okay. Because yeah, the last one, be... Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes was really done by them. Yes, they had a publisher to help put that out there with them right. as far as, but they are trying to push out their all their properties. The Dungeons and the Dragons movie, for instance, right? Chris Pine that's going to be coming out at some point. Yes, but yes, they're trying to push out all their entities under their own Hasbro banner as far as a, a studio is concerned. And then work with other film companies to just help them get it out there and distribute it. But I think that you're right. The old G.I. Joe movies would be something that I think that they could still utilize as filler for Amazon Prime. And that's something I talked about a long time ago is that I really was disappointed that all the money that Amazon was amassing in the mid to what 2010s, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15. And they had this Amazon Prime video thing that they absolutely took no care in. And they yeah. had all this old stuff and others just didn't have an array. didn't have any type of library that you would be proud of, at least for a company that could literally buy all this stuff in a snap and chose not to. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about Disney buying in the past, you know, Star Wars and Marvel for $4 billion a piece. They could have done that and then some, but they just never cared until now, until the recent times when they saw how Netflix does. When they saw all these other streaming wars seem to happen and they were felt like they were left out. They now have a slate of shows and programs and movies and series that, that they can be proud of. And now I put them as a solid number two right now. I think with all the stuff that's going on, either it's number two or number three, whoever you want to talk about. But I really find them as one of the top tier streaming, streaming entities that's out there right now in, in streaming. Yeah, and to have bought MGM, that's going to give them access to, my gosh, anything that they have greenlit, they haven't announced yet, in development, you know, all of that stuff will eventually show up. I mean, on Pink Panther, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Clarice. Thelma yeah. and Louise, they're going to be jumping off the cliff once again in their car. Oh I mean, my the Handmaid's Tale, Survivor, my gosh, that's TV can, shows for them. They'll have the rights to that. They could flip Thelma and Louise and have Brad Pitt and George Clooney 
go on a wild and crazy midlife crisis adventure. Wouldn't that be fun? I would get a lot of people, that's for sure. I will say that it is very intriguing what Amazon can and will do going forward because there is a great many possibilities. There's not that outside of the James Bond, well, one IP that they yeah. really can go say, you know what? Wow, we've got a gold mine waiting for us outside of James Bond, but they've got some IPs with potential. Yeah. They now can go ahead and create some new ideas or as we see in Hollywood, refurbish, <laughs> clean up, right. spruce up, right, 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 right. and retread some ideas as we see. But I'm, I'm excited for it, especially when it comes to James Bond. Who the new James Bond will be, I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. We've had our thoughts on this and we'll probably share them even more down the road. But what are your thoughts out there on Amazon buying MGM? Are you excited that your Amazon Prime membership will now have more MGM in your future? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. You've been fantastic as always, but I see you. (laughs) I see you trying to share those passwords on Netflix. Netflix has made... I would never. That's against the rules, sir. Well, Netflix knows and has turned a blind eye for years, and they know you've been sharing your passwords. They see it when someone random like Uncle Joe is using it on the other side of the universe. Right. They know you're sharing your password. They're about ready to go ahead and put the clamp down on it. And in some areas of the world, they've offered additional charges to do that privilege. This is something that they may institute going forward, making you pay more to share that privilege. Your thoughts on this before we head on out. Okay. They had to do something, right? Because their subscription has kind of become a little bit stagnant. It's probably plateaued. There are about 220 million subscribers to get everybody now. And you're right. For the most part, it is got to plateau. So. Yeah, it has to, right? Yeah. Of course, it makes sense because if you have five people sharing one account, that's four new subscriptions now that they're going to get because you're not sharing passwords anymore, sir. And if they go to an additional charge, let's say that you don't have to get a full outright subscription. Right. Let's say you have to pay, again, like they're offering some countries already or that they will be offering some countries additional $3. Let's say they offer you to go ahead and share additional 2 Two screens or something, yeah. Yeah. Does that seem unreasonable? No, it seems totally reasonable. Okay. I'm just asking. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to be sharing the passwords anyway. Because I'm an Uh, angel. I would never share my Netflix password. You know, neither would I. Halo. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there it is at the top of the screen. Yes. They've threatened to do this before, too, though, and nothing has ever come of it. Hmm. But I think they have the software in place now that they can prevent you from doing that and if that's the case when they finally institute it it's going to be a really dark day i know a lot of people will be upset about that even though you're not supposed to be doing it but you know how we are as a society yeah when you have something for so long you take it away that's not going to make people happy combined with a future without being able to share passwords for free And with Disney Plus this week adding in all the Marvel Netflix shows and now offering a parental filter in their subscription that you can go ahead and see a lot more content than you did before. Could this be, I don't want to say it's a seismic change. Could this 
put a dent into the streaming wars that we're now facing? Well, when you're on top, you've got to do something to keep those numbers safe. But will it turn away people? Will it turn off people? You know what? It might for a couple of months, but if you, they're going to come back to Netflix. Soon as Stranger Things is back on the air. Yeah, it was Stranger Things or, you know, the, the next weird Squid Game kind of show that we end up with that everybody is talking the about. The next rock movie that's there. Yeah, because nobody wants to be left out of the water cooler chat at work or not know what everybody is talking about in the group chat. Nobody wants to be left out of that. And people will be upset about it. They'll be like, grumble, grumble, grumble. But it's three or four bucks and people will get over it. I agree with you. I mean, like you said, when you're in this environment now where you're not tied down right. by contracts like you were with cable so yes. long ago. And now that you can go ahead and just basically, all right, I'm mad at you, Netflix. I'm going to cut you out. Yep. And then a couple months later, oh, my gosh, Stranger Things. Got to go check it out. Yep. Sign back up. Right. The new it season of is coming up soon. I got to get Netflix back. Yeah. So it yeah. is something that I think a lot of people need to go ahead and come to realize that, yes, you might be angry about not being able to share the passwords for Netflix now, but. Naughty, naughty. Yeah, naughty, naughty. But you know what? <laughs> Even if you get mad and protest and say you're going to discontinue Netflix, whatnot, you'll probably come back. Yeah. You'll probably come back. Or hopefully they will go ahead and just offer people additional 2 or $3 charge to do it. That I think would be a great alternative, but this is Netflix, so we'll wait and see. But they are now in the process of going ahead and trying to ensure that you cannot, outside of your household, share your password. You might still be able to now, but for how long or how much further, we're not sure because really there's, they put out the feelers this week. Right. And, uh, that's sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. What are your thoughts out there, though, on Netflix and you losing the right to share your password outside of your household? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, now, my friend, it's been a great episode. You have been truly fantastic, as always. Any last thoughts before you head on out? Maybe some little minis, perhaps? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's right. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't have minis when I play D&D, but I'm starting with a new group. And as we all kind of get more comfortable with, you know, so playing solely in theater of the mind, I have my little grid and, you know, some plexiglass over it that I can write on with a dry erase marker. But what I've been missing for a very long time is minis. So I was just using like dice or like other random things that I found in the kitchen, like wine corks or bottle caps or whatever. My aunt, God rest her soul, Auntie L, thank you so much for this. She left me these and these little crystal figurines. Can you see that okay? With They're the so cute. Right? They have become my D&D minis. This is a beholder. This is a terrifying creature. <laughs> oh, I believe you. That's, that's Yeah, that's a beholder. For everybody on audio, it's a mouse yeah, with it's, a toothpick. Yeah, wait. No, no, it's a spring. Look, it wags its tail. Oh. Oh, it bounces. Okay. Right? Look how cute that is. Look, there's... Terrifying, as you would say. I have a little koala. Look at that. Oh, that's even cuter. I love koalas. Oh, my gosh. I know. I can't even. So, anyway, when people come to my house to play D&D, I have to... Excuse my bougie minis, but (laughs) thank you, Auntie I got the koala. I mean, it reminds me of Monopoly when you fight over exactly which character you're going to (laughs) be. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have them... I got the race car. 
Yeah, I have them tucked away because they've been claimed by my players. But I, like, there's like a little chickadee that somebody who's playing an Aarakocra is using. You know, it's we get pretty cheesy with it, but no, they're they're adorable. And you do what you gotta do to get by in D and D these days. <laughs> That's true. That's true indeed. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Cheryl Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great